disciples. Welcome to podcast episode number 799. We are the Fight Disciples, and this is your boxing review from the weekend just gone. We are still in Abu Dhabi because we've been here for UFC 294, uh, but we have caught up on bits and bats of the boxing from the weekend, of which I'm sure you're across as well and want to talk about, so we'll get stuck into it for you. Uh, Before we do, obviously... Head to our website, fightdisciples.com. You can subscribe to us there, and you can also subscribe to us on YouTube, where we are trying to grow the community. So please, get stuck in, uh, and come and join us for lots of boxing chat. Yes? See? Um, straight after uh, the event last night, UFC 294, because we are in a lucky position of being three hours ahead of everything that was going on in England, we uh, rocked up at our favourite Irish bar here in uh, yep. Abu Dhabi. Uh, and got the old uh, apps out, didn't we? Got the old design out for a start. Yes, the old international feed came in handy once again. Yep. Bish, bash, bosh. Uh, we watched um, Jack Catterall and... Peter McGrail. Jorge Linares. We watched Peter McGrail. Reese Bellotti's finish. Had a, little, had a little bit of a look on the other channel as well to uh, mm-hmm. Isaac Chamberlain and uh, Mikhail Lawal. Shall we start... We'll start with the Dazone one first, because yeah. yeah. I think absolutely because I think the upper. Well, of course it was. Is uh, Cham- is Chamberlain winning against Lawal? <clears throat> yes. Um. Right. How do I word this? <laughs> Obviously, in the af- in the immediate aftermath of beating George Linares, we fully anticipated that he would win that he would win easily. It's no surprise to me that we're now hearing that Linares is calling time on his career at 38 years of age. He only yep. rocked up to make himself a few quid. We all said on the preview last week, what is the point of this fight for Jack Catterall? Why is Jack Catterall having keep busy fights? I hate that. I just hate the terminology. Once, you, once you're at the top, got to keep busy. It's got to keep ticking over, haven't we? Here's another answer. Why don't you manage and your promoter just do their fucking job? Yeah, man. And I like his manager and promoter. I like both of them. But we're talking about the people's champion here. We're talking about the best super lightweight on the planet. Taking on a 30... What is Linares? 36, 38. 38. Oh, Jesus Christ. A 38-year-old, albeit former multiple weight world champion. A guy that's lost three on the spin. Four now. <laughs> who was travelling clearly to get one last payday. Yeah. What was the fucking point in that? Right. Is yeah, let's, let's come at it from a different angle. Because you're right. Everything you said, right? And that is my feeling. But Jack's got to play his role in this as well. Right? Um, yeah. He's got to play his role in making himself a viable target, opponent, whoever. But he's king of the Nids in club. So you've got to get people talking about you the next day. Right. Did he do that? No, he didn't. No, he didn't. He am with all due respect. He boxed lovely, boxed one, nicely. One turn rounds. Comfortably, comfortably costed a fight. Comfortably costing a fight when you're trying to make noise and make people stand up and and pay attention is not the way that you go about it. I know that this is boxing, and people will come at me saying, "Listen, he boxed beautifully. He did. He yeah. absolutely boxed beautifully, and he would be absolutely. He, he caused murders." For all of the top boys at 140 pounds, he's already proven that he's caused murders for the top boy at 140 pounds. Now, that performance last night does not do enough to make Regis Prograde, Devin Haney, Tiafimo Lopez stand up and say his name and go, bloody hell. Or even fans of those guys to make noise going, 
you need to fight this fella. You need to get over there and go and fight this Jack Catterall fella. Have you seen what he's just done to George Lenore? He's, he's the guy that beat Josh Taylor, in it, that got stiffed on the cards. Bingo. That's the guy, in it? Last night, although it was pointless as a, as a contest, was an opportunity for Jack to go and do something to, to live in your phone the day after. 30 seconds on your phone. Jesus Christ, have you seen this fella here? Yeah. That was the whole point to an extent. And he didn't do that. No. So as well as us, yes, okay, having a go at the promoter, he's probably one of the worst promoted fighters. And it's not all Eddie's fault because he's been promoted by other promoters as well. He's one of the worst pr promoted fighters I can remember in recent times. But you've got to help yourself, man. You've got to go and do your thing, haven't yeah. you? You've got to go and make a rubber stamp statement because I believe in the talent. The talent yeah. is absolutely well worthy of the opportunity. That's not how this fucking game works, though, as we keep no, saying. Isn't. You've been absolutely stiff by boxing for the last 18 months, Jack. Now you've just got to go, do you know something? Fuck it. This is how I do it. I'm going to do this shit. Now, okay. Got, he did get on the microphone. He's talking about Josh Taylor and he's calling him a shithouse and all this type of stuff. Okay. But I thought you wanted... Championships, world title. Thought you wanted. I thought. I thought you wanted the the big big moment. With all due respect to Josh Taylor, he's not in your weight category anymore. And he's just lost. He's going up. He's he's aiming. He's well. He's told us, and he's alluding to the fact that he's going to be going towards 147, maybe a catch weight on the way through. If you're fighting Josh Taylor, it's massive. Don't get me wrong. Every fight fan will be listening to this, going, "What are these two fucking going on about?" But because it is massive, and I know that you're into it, and it'll probably make you a ton of cash. Ton of cash. Will it though? Well, yeah, I think, but I think British fight fans love it. Love needle, don't they? These two don't like each other. They're going back and forth. They've got the controversy from the first fight, so I think British fight fans are buying to it. You could do a decent size arena in the UK somewhere, um, and I think they get they get handsomely recompensed by the zone for for doing it. I, I genuinely believe that. I think that fight probably, if I think about this with my brain on, will make Jack more than fighting any of the top boys for a world title just because his slice will be sl shorter than theirs, if that makes sense. Yeah, but his slice will be shorter than Josh Taylor's. I think he'd be closer. I don't think it would. I think Josh Taylor would still get the, the king's ransom in that. And my, the, the point I want to make about it is... Why are you calling him Why out, are you yeah. playing Josh Taylor's game? Yeah, exactly. Man. Josh Taylor ran away from you before you actually fought him. Ran away from you after you fought him, so you didn't get the rematch. Now he's moving up to another well, I, I don't think I don't, That's unfair. I don't think he ran away from him. What he did was, listen, I'll go and unify and then I'll give you the opportunity once I've unified because you're doing me Which a favour. And back and, then, and, and, it was everyone's favourite fight. Yeah, then. and Josh Taylor absolutely did that. Yeah. So we can't, pre-fight, not necessarily the case. Post-fight, okay, then you might have a, a certain point with what you're the, making. The point I'm trying to make is we should be in a situation now where Jack Cattrall, as the people's champion, the people's champion i.e. the best super lightweight on the planet as he should have been crowned he shouldn't be worried about what josh taylor's trying to pick up the pieces of his career josh taylor's the one that's just been battered by tiafimo lopez that's the name he should have shouted at he should have gone give me tiafimo lopez get me to america get me ringside for Den devon haney versus uh progre why are all these people fighting for my belts that should have been the rhetoric but unfortunately no one was listening at them because unfortunately, he just carried Jorge Linares for 12 rounds in Liverpool. Mm. And it just wasn't enough. And it was frustrating because I want to walk around with a t-shirt on that says People's Champion Jack Catterall. But it's hard to do when he's putting in performances which just get repetitive. And you're like, you've got to do more. You've got to help. You, you, you're spot on. 
you've got to help yourself. And last night he didn't help himself. I don't think his management's helped him by putting him in that position in the first place. Yeah. Don't forget me wrong. Jorge Linares is a multi-weight world champion. It's only the fact that age has caught up with him, that he's no longer at the level he was once at. He's a very skilled individual. And as we've been told many times by former pros, world champions, if you want to navigate a fight and not get knocked out, you can navigate a fight. And there's an element there of... Jorge Linares looking the part, coming out, hitting his gloves, like playing to the crowd, ch chatting to his corner, looking all confident, and then going out there and doing very little, and but doing enough to survive any kind of pushes forward from Jack Cattrall. But the point is, though, one of those three defeats that he'd had prior to losing to Cattrall, one of them was a 12-round stoppage. Mm. One of those guys did go, fuck this old man, I'm getting you the fuck out of here. Mm -hmm. And that's what Jack Cattrall had to do last night. And that's what he didn't do. We were sitting in an Irish bar with me. We had the zone on. And we're like, Jack, this is it, kid. Sixth, fifth or sixth gear. Give us something to talk about on the podcast to go, right, get him that fight. Get him this fight. Get, he's still the uncrowned champ. He just didn't help himself. He didn't help himself. It was a clusterfuck. The matchup was a clusterfuck in the first place. The performance, even though he won 10 of the rounds quite quite easily. He pissed it. He pissed the fight. But we're only talking about it because we, we, we cover, well, there's no other boxing on this weekend really, <laughs> but you know we're obviously bought in on the Jack Cattrall journey. We want him to do well. But I, I, personally, other than losing the fight, which was never going to happen, I don't think yesterday for Jack Cattrall could have gone any worse. It's not done him any favours. It's not pushed him in any... Nope. Nearer direction. The Jack, the Josh Taylor fight's always going to be. But there. I thought he was in this game to be a world champion. Yeah, I think I think he Obviously is. He wants a big bank. He wants to get paid. But that comes. Why are you worried about a Josh Taylor fight, which may set up a trilogy, which may then make some money with no titles associated to it? When you could be talking about a world title fight with Teofimo Lopez, who's currently unmatched, mm. potentially fighting the win of Haney versus Pro. They're the fighters he should be mixing with. You win one of those fights, guess what? Unifications with those other guys. Haney brings a different level of money than Josh Taylor. Do you know what I mean? Regis Progre, Tiafimo Lopez. These are big fights in America with big audiences that are going to generate a lot of cash and define his legacy. Fighting Josh Taylor again, why? You've beat him once in the eyes of most of the fans. Mm. It was just a bizarre... I, I, just felt, I think Josh Taylor must have been sitting at home going... Fucking, I've still got you there, mate. Right in the palm of my hand. It's a shame. It is a shame. Shame. Because he's so talented. He's so talented. Um, speaking of talent, Peter McGrill. Yep. You happy? The Scouse Lomachenko. Yeah, listen, I'm happy because, you know, the level of opponents. Mendoza was a capable kid. He came to Liverpool 17-0. He obviously knew what he was doing. Okay, it had some daft title attached to it. It was an international 10-rounder. Get him a ranking. I get all that. But Mendoza's come in, he can punch, he can move, he's got a good... Again, he's an undefeated kid, so you knew there was a certain level. Obviously, what you see from Peter McGrail is sensational. His footwork's unbelievable, his shot selection's beautiful, it's gorgeous. Did we get the moment? Did we get a no. cherry on the top? Did we get a vinyl moment? No, we didn't. But I thought this was a really good fight for him at this stage of his career. You know, this was only his eighth professional fight. Fighting a guy with a lot more experience in the pro ranks in front of a, a decent-sized crowd in Liverpool were led to believe it's hard to tell watching on TV mm. how many was in there throughout the night. But the yeah, I, I thought this was a good good. Who's told us that it was a decent-sized crowd? Because I was watching on TV. I'll be dead honest. I was watching on TV and I was like, "Is anybody in?" We were led to believe they sold over nine thousand tickets. That's what I, that's what was the big 
talking point. We went, I went in the arena when Paddy Lacey was in there. Paddy Lacey, by the way, what a sensational knockout from him. Oh, little drop, little step to the side, boom, left hook to the body, stole the kid's soul. Sensational stuff. Then it, the, the atmosphere looked good, but you couldn't really make out. Because, you know, it's lit so well these days. These, these, yeah, kind of, yeah, yeah. these production teams, they know what they're doing. So you, you kind of see it. It was more than a catch-all fight because we were watching it for so long, so consistently for the full 12 rounds. Hmm. We could see pockets of empty seats. People may have left by then. You know, once you've seen Jack Cattrall butchering Jorge Linares, you go, clock watch, you know what? If we shoot now, kid, because he ain't losing the round here. If we shoot now, we'll get last yeah, time down the road. Do you know what I mean? So maybe there might have been a stronger crowd in the area, but Peter McGrail, I'm happy. He's never going to be a big puncher. He's never, you know, it's, it's a bit of a Sonny Edwards. You, you know, if you're a purist, if you love your boxing, then you're going to really appreciate what You need Peter to put him McGrail in with some bulls the then, don't you? You need to give us that jeopardy. Of course, exactly. And that's what Sonny's doing. That's what Sonny's done now. He's at world level. He's taking on Bam. He's a fucking massive puncher. But definitely, I would definitely put Peter McGrail more in the Sonny Edwards department of, if you love boxing in its purest form, the sweet science, mm. he's your guy. His teammate, Nick Ball, he's the referee. <laughs> he's the viral moment. <laughs> and he's in a good one against Dogby, isn't he? Yeah, exactly. That's going to be a crack, Jackman. Anything else from that Liverpool card that uh, got you going? Yeah, I want to I talk about your boy, obviously, because... Thank you. I told you. Listen, man, when I make a prediction, I'm, I'm thinking 10 years from now. <laughs> you fucking lie. That's what I'm saying. Achim Fiaz, 12-0, hasn't put a foot wrong. It's matched with Reese Bellotti. We've seen Reese in this situation before. A few years ago, he was the guy coming in to win a title against the guy who's got losses on his record. Then he runs into Jordan Gill. Then he's having other opportunities, but losing fights. But you know what? Credit to Reese Bellotti and his work rate. Credit to Jim McDonnell in the corner. The whole team, they've stuck with it. And okay, he's been mixing at this British Commonwealth level for his career. And maybe this is his level. But he's always got that ability to put someone away. Smoke, yeah. To put someone away. The bomber Bellotti. That's what, he's ready. He was fantastic. You know, and, and I'll I tell you what, just, just on him, just on him. I know that you're going to go into the performance. Mental resolve's big. Of course. Especially, especially in this sport. It's a solo place. It's the yeah. purest form of combat, isn't it? Getting knocked out, getting stopped, getting embarrassed. It's not embarrassing, but mentally, getting embarrassed in front of the world. That's a big thing, especially for a young lad coming through, do, you know, being around his mates, being around his his partner, his, his life. It's tough to deal with that. And I'd take my hat off to Reese. Maybe I, when, when I made the call, he was on this wonderful tour, wasn't he? Just knocking dudes out for yep. fun. And I say it all the time. It's one of, one of my favorite phrases. Anybody can do anything when they're winning. Yep. You only find out what you're all about when you, when you suffer that defeat. And okay, it's been bumpy. It's taken time. Yeah. But Reese Bellotti has got himself together and he keeps putting himself back in the fire. He deserved that last night. He did. He deserved and, that. I'm, and he I'm, I'm happy for him. As well. It wasn't like he got in there and just caught Fiaz and, and put him out, which we know Reese is capable of, but he goes in there. It's level after six. It's three, three oh, rounds it's, a piece, in my yeah. opinion. It's a good fight. It's going one way. In fact, it was like Reese won a round, Fiaz won, you know, it was going one way, this way, that way, this way. Then after about six or seven rounds, Reese just gets on top. He gets that moment in the eighth. Hits him with a little tight left hook up against the ropes. Hits Fiaz, puts him down. Referee gives him a count. Then Fiaz has shown all kinds of... But he's far from done. He's strong. He's fine. Yeah, I beat the eight counts. But Reese just sensed, right, this is my moment now. Steps in, unloads. Fiaz has thrown single shots back, but he's getting tagged with a lot of big punches. The referee, Mark Lyson, standing right there in the moment. And the towel comes in, you know, the, the corner make the right decision, in my opinion, because Fiaz, you know, when, when 
It's one thing getting stopped, getting knocked out. It's another thing you're corner thrown in the towel and going, right, okay. We live to fight another day. Yeah, yeah. It was an experience, and you haven't got the mental torture. You've always got that hope of, I think I might have been able to come back. I did not throw it. You know what I mean? It just helps with the fighters' resolve, helps with his confidence. Fiaz has got to do what Bellotti had to do now. He's got to go away, rebuild, restock, hopefully, you know, not take this loss too personally because... It's sport, man. Exactly. A lot, you know, Bellotti lost three on the spin. Now he's won three on the spin. That's the game. That's it. Just get, just get whatever's going on in your head, get it right. Yeah. Uh, just another point on there as well. And, and again, it, it looked like it was a, a, a solid card. I thought the main event was poor. Lots of chat from Eddie again with the media. I seen all last week about we're going to be releasing fighters. We're making better fights. We're, you know, we're, we're aspiring to do more. Just a quick one on Campbell Hatton's opponents. You know, the guy comes off first fighting since 2000. He I thought this kid retired, Samson, in 2014. He's had one fight since then, which he lost. And you're putting him in with Campbell Hatton. And this is a kid that's nine and two. He's lost one fight in 10 years. He's had one fight in 10 years and he lost it. And you're putting him in with Campbell Hatton, who's 13 and 0. <laughs> now, Campbell, with all due respect, hasn't fought any level. So we're not talking about something that, you know, he's a British title. But he needs a challenge. He needs a proper challenge is what he needs. It, so yeah. every, what you're saying is everything that has been said throughout the course of the week is kind of just been... Just with that one fight. Just with that one fight. I'm a bit like, oh, all right, Ted. Great. You know, you're saying one thing and then you're saving up this. You're telling me there's not another single super lightweight in the country that couldn't have given Campbell, or even in Europe, that couldn't have given him a little bit more of a dance, you know, and obviously the kid, the kid ends up getting disqualified because he, he wouldn't stop holding. I'll tell you why he was holding, because he's had one fight in 10 years. He didn't want to fight. He didn't want to fight. So, listen, hopefully that match was made before Eddie had this revelation in his... Uh, in his, in his in listen, everything season. he's saying is bob on. Support it, man. Ed, we support you, mate. Do it. We're all in. Do it. We are all in. Let them go. If fuckers don't want to fight, cut them loose. If fuckers don't want to fight. Cut them loose. <laughs> but the point is, you're Campbell Hatton there who's 13 and 0. Get a kid who's, you know, 8, 9 and 0. Let's fucking start making some... Another young lad gets... Let's start making some decent matchups, man. These undercards count. But yeah, it was... Uh, Look like a bit of a strange night in Liverpool. Yeah. Um, now then, boxer, you ready for some praise? What a tough week. Um, and I've seen loads of back and forth on social media. I'm not buying into any nonsense of promoters slagging somebody else's card off or slagging somebody else's thing off. Whatever, man. At the end of the day, their main event fell off Monday or Tuesday or whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, with the back injury to Dan Aziz. And obviously, everybody's gutted because that's a that's a title f fight that we were all extremely excited about. Two of the best in Britain. Let's find yeah. out who the real... Let's let's find out who the boys are. So, a yeah. lot of credit for Boatsy and Aziz for making that fight and going forward and obviously Boxer putting their two guys in there with each other. Just as long as it's postponed, they'll not be off. I'm yeah. led to believe it's been postponed. The, the message from Boxer yeah. was... rescheduled. Keep your tickets. You can use them again in the future. And that's so great. Hopefully, that's, that's the case. Now, what they've done here is very, very sensible. Obviously, the rest of that card is not filling out the O2. Yeah. Fully understand that. Yeah. So you move it, you put it in your call. Beautiful. Okay, it's a small venue, but it's a boxing purist venue. We've all been there. It's a top place. Okay. <clears throat> and you still have a British 
Commonwealth title fight. As yep. your main event, as I said in the preview last week, very rarely do you see a bad one. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're either going to get a good fight or you're going to get a good performance uh, coming your way. Uh, and also, when you actually look down the card a little bit, you've got people here still getting work, getting yep. paid, camps getting satisfied, all, all those types of things. Yep. So I have nothing but praise for the way that uh, Ben Shalom and his team at Boxer last week operated in order to rejig everything and get this uh, back in place. And they've had some bad luck. Let's be straight. They've had some bad luck with certain things and you couldn't buy them. They've also had some fucking terribly PR decisions. Oh, man, li- listen. Well. They, listen. As we were talking about with Jack Cattrall before, you've got to help yourself sometimes, haven't you? But last week, they got it right and they got a bit of luck because fights and fighters delivered. I actually yeah. thought there were some good things uh, on this card, especially main event. And again, I'm delighted for Isaac Chamberlain because he's a kid that has had a fucking tough road, mate. Yeah. Yes, he had the road to the Akoli fight. He stunk the gaff out. Akoli helped him stink that gaff out as well. Then he gets uh, loads... Well, then he has loads of like promotional issues, gym issues. Oh, right. It was all weird, like in the in the background and all this. He was getting shat on from every man and his dog, and he's had to go away, build himself back on Channel Five, all this stuff. And it's been a tough, tough road for him. Again, mental resolve. The kid's got something going on in his head. Brilliant. And I'm glad that he had his moment last night yeah. on on big TV platform, big fight, nasty rivalry, bit of something between them. And he and, and he's he, the underdog. And he put on the clinic, though. He was the, he was the betting underdog. He won every round. And he won every round handsomely. And it was a coming-out performance from Isaac Chamberlain. It really was. I think a lot of people thought that Lawal was going to get under his skin. A lot of po- thought, pe- people thought that. Chamberlain's kind of found his level, and it's below the best people in this country, the best cruiserweights in the UK. Mo Lawal is World, destined. even, maybe. You never yeah, know. Yeah, I know Mo- Jai is the guy, but, you yeah, know, but you never know. Chris never is know. a world champion. Yeah. So, you, of course... And I think you know a lot of people certainly around London were like, yeah, Mo will use this as a springboard to get his title opportunity, and this is how it's kind of going to work. And as you say, for all the shit that Isaac has had to come through in his career, inside and outside the ring, you know, he's had it way tougher than most. He's suffered way tougher. You know, the the Akoli thing. Akoli now, uh, you know, has become notorious for being this hugger and everyone. But at the time, it was, was like first one, those two yeah. were bloody awful, yeah. and he had that stigma painted on him for a long time because he didn't have the promoter behind him to to put him into title opportunities to be, make him a world champion. He kind of suffered with that stigma even more than the Akoli did. So just to watch him, and I only watched it this morning, just to watch his twelve round performance against Mola while you were like. Mate, that is time saved. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like deserved it. you've deserved that performance. We knew it was coming. We, we we knew you had the potential. People around always say he's had he's such a good boxer. He's you know he's got so much potential. He can achieve more. He just needs a break. He just needs shit to calm down. And you know what? He got a break here by becoming the main event. It became a little bit more elevated. You got you know your your main event now live on Sky Sports, which is still the biggest broadcast in the UK. Straight after you know the football or whatever else. And he's took it with both hands and he's turned up and he's put on an exhibition. And that's what it was. A 12-round exhibition. Magnificent. I didn't see it coming. I didn't. I honestly didn't see it coming. I thought it was going to be a, a 50-50. I really did. I thought it'd be one or two rounds either way. Mm-hmm. But pff, none of it, mate. It's about levels and Chamberlain's a level above. Yeah. Uh, I enjoyed the Sam Gilly performance uh, as well on this card. I thought uh, a good piece of matchmaking. Put these lads together again, a little bit of a 50 50 knock. Um, 
And Sam Gilly was, I, I thought, uh, top class coming through that fight. Yeah, and, and to be honest, you know, I, well, I, I want to get onto it because it was my favourite fight because we were talking about it. We'd done some commentary with Joe Laws up in the <laughs> northeast, and the kid's a fucking lunatic. He's bouncing around with, you know, he's like a miniature version of Tyson Fury. That's you can see that's his idol, and he acts that he acts the goat all the time. And when boxer come out, and this brings me back to the Campbell Hatton matchmaking, Mick Hennessy Jr. Kind of like Campbell Hatton, not really fought anybody, built up this double-digit record, um, and they're putting him in with Joe Laws, who they see as lost a couple, has been on small halls, he makes a lot of noise, blah, 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 blah. Quite a, quite a, you know, a loud little character that catches people's attention, is quite willing to put himself out there. And they thought, right, perfect matchup. And straight away, we were like, mate, Joe Laws is a, is a game little fucker. And he's been begging and waiting for an opportunity like this on mainstream TV to have a moment. And then when you see the betting, and the betting on Mick Hennessy, it was, in, honestly, it was so one-sided. I can't believe it. I should have done it in Nick's picks. We'd all be fucking millionaires by now. We'd all be buying yachts in Abu Dhabi. But Joe Laws just fucking took the fight to him. And you could see it coming a million miles away. But again, I'm all for that. That's proper matchmaking. That's given a kid who's got talent, but has never had the opportunity against a kid who's had more opportunity than potentially he's got talent. Mm. And you bring it together and go, go on then. This is, this is live on TV. This is a real fight. Have a fight. Let's see what happens. And obviously, Mick Hennessy's got to go away now and pick up the pieces and, you know, have a look at himself in the mirror and see where he goes from here. I get that. But a little star is born now with Joe Laws. And I'm not saying... I'm just, what I'm saying is this is proper matchmaking. That's a proper fight. For Mick Hennessy, that was a proper fight. I knew that was a test going in, regardless of what the bookie said. I knew Joe Laws turns up. That's a proper test for where Mick Hennessy is right now. Putting Camel Hatton in with a guy who's lost once in one yeah. fight in 10 years. That's not proper matchmaking. That's just giving a kid a win. And from Joe Laws' point of view now, he's got a relationship with Boxer. Bingo. They've looked at him and gone, well, you're entertaining. Fans love you, bit of you. Yeah. We're right. going back to the northeast next year. Well, let's but, not let's not go crazy with it, but let's put you in with another entertaining fight. Let's put you let's give you a bit of fun. Another 50-50, another guy, another fight where someone's had what, 10, 12 fights? Yeah. Mate, let's go. Like he, like his post fight interview was, give me an eight week camp and yeah. see what I can do. I've done that on ten days. All right, yeah, sound. I think you've earned that. Absolutely, yes. We needed you. Good you've come him. in last minute, you've done your business. Thank you very much. Right, yeah. okay. Don't go anywhere. Got another gig for you. Um, we're doing a show in such and such a place. There you go, sunshine. Now you've got your eight weeks. Get cracking. And, I, and listen, and I know this show, this show was put together by default, but I hope Ben and the box team have a look at it and go, you know what? Your call, Saturday night, four fights. Chris Artinsall was on this, by the way, as well. Mm. Chris, obviously, you know how I feel about it. I feel like she's got, she's got real power and real ability to go uh, much further, and I'm sure she'll be some kind of world champion. But you got a four-fight gig here mm. on a Saturday night. I think that... And, and four fights. Four competitive fights. I know, I know Chamberlain that's was outstanding. That's all you need. I think that's... For TV, for a TV card, four fights. You're in. What is that? Two, three hours? If you go into the venue, you can go for a few beers before it. You can go for a few beers after it. That's a night of entertainment. If you go to theatre, you don't want to sit there for eight hours watching the fucking Nutcracker. You want to go there. You want to see the birds prance around. You want to see the men in the tight undies. And then you want to get out of there with a glass of champagne and hopefully a floozy down to the local hotel. When you go to boxing, why do you have to sit there for eight hours with all the lunatics? Give me four, co give me four competitive fights. Boom, and, and that's me money's worth. And get me out the Pampain, door, man. If I'm paying 20, 30 quid to go to boxing, and you went, you know what? 
We're not doing a 15 fight bill. Sorry, Frank, I know you like them. We're not doing a 15 fight bill. You, your money that you're paying, your 40 quid, your 50 quid for a ticket, isn't buying your 15 fights where two are potentially competitive and 13 walkovers. What we're going to do is, for your 50 quid, you're basically paying 12 quid a fight. But I'll tell you now, every fight's going to be a fucking fight. And last night, on that box of card, again, by accident, full default, this should be the conversation at Sky Sports on Monday morning going, Pretty good, that one, it? Pretty good, yeah. Nice, easy, tight ship to run. Competitive fights, people talking about the fights. Is this the model we should be looking at? I think it is. <laughs> Who'd have thunk it, eh? Yeah. Who'd have thunk it? <laughs> um, all in all, I think at the weekend, through default, as you just said, your call was probably the better offer in the boxing uh, for people. There was some nice little bits in Liverpool, but nothing too uh, The too level crazy. in Liverpool was higher. But the opponents against that higher opposition. McGrill had uh, an opponent. A decent knock. They yeah, had yeah, a little yeah, go in. Yeah, yeah. Um, there you go. That's how your boxing shaped up. Um, there is some boxing this week. Won't have passed you by. Uh, Saudi Arabia is going to be the destination for Tyson Fury. And no, we're not going. Uh, we're on our way home. Don't you worry about that. We're not going. Yeah, we'll tell you the story of that later. Um, Nothing sinister, just in case you're thinking, ooh, what's happened there? Nothing's happened. Um, the, uh, the the way that this is set up this week is is weird because you've got two events, really. Undercard event and then main card event. Yeah. Or main event event. <laughs> That's it. Um, and actually, when you look at what is on that undercard, there's a couple of competitive fights that I'm actually looking forward to. I'm looking forward uh, to seeing Adelaide and, uh, and Wardley have a go. Well, that's history, I think. I'm led to believe that's the first British title fight ever on foreign soil. Now, before you jump in the, the things here, JJ Metcalf fought uh, Cheeseman in Gibraltar. But that is actually a British territory. This is the first time a British title fight has taken place on foreign soil ever. So, there you go. Well, the, the event is actually being run by the British Boxing Board of Control. But I'm not sure what ring they're up. Are they just managing the undercard ring? Or have they got some say in the exhibition that's taking place in the super ring inside the super arena? It all sounds pretty bonkers to me, but you know what? I'll be tuned in. I'll be watching it, but I'll be certainly watching it from home. More on that at a later date this week. All right. Uh, thank you very much for tuning in to us. Pleasure as always to be with you. Uh, you can subscribe to us via our website, fightdisciples.com, and you can also get us on YouTube. So please subscribe to us uh, there. Like, subscribe, get involved in the comments and have uh, loads of bits and bats uh, in, the, uh, in the conversation. We'll catch you next time. Fight Disciples.